Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. You have been listening to a whole, hopefully listening to, if you haven't, you can go back and subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life, and catch any of the talks that you've missed. We have, for the last little while, been talking about Advent, reasons for celebrating, maybe some guidelines for celebration. Uh, Just yesterday, we began talking about possible benefits to um, celebrating Advent. And when I say we, I'm talking about Vinny Henke from Valley Life Community Church and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley RPCNA and Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church and I'm Russ Herman from Cloverdale United Reformed Church. Gentlemen, what are some further benefits of observing Advent? We talked about that it it allows us a, a time to reflect and slow down. It, it reminds us of an, our need for, for patience and teaches us patience. What are some other benefits of observing Advent? Well, we talked about the kind of the, the dualistic themes that are attached to Advent, the the looking back and remembering God's faithfulness, and then the looking forward. So if we, if we start with that first theme of, of Advent gives us the ability to look back and, and recognize that generations of faithful people believing in God's promises longed for the Messiah, and God met them where they were at and, and was faithful to bring about the promises that he made. I think it... Yeah, along with that, it, it allows us to connect with the church of all ages. I think sometimes we get fixated on our moment in time, mm-hmm. and we forget that we're part of a much larger story that has been going on. Jonathan mentioned that really the story began in Genesis 3.15, mm-hmm. this promise of one to come, and every story of the Bible is about that promise of the one that's going to come and to save us from our great enemy, the one that brought us into sin, that that broke our relationship, our communion with God. But God right away promises, no, I will send a seed of the woman that will crush the seed of the serpent. And the church has been a part of that story throughout the Old Testament, and then the seed of the woman came. But then the church continues on and still talks about the seed of the woman that came and that that seed is coming back, that that Jesus Christ will return someday. So it allows us to connect to something bigger. Exactly. I, I, you know, we have, uh, we're trying to maintain, too, that, you know, we actually looking at two advents. We're looking at the fact that Christ has come, and that influences everything about who we are and what uh, you know where our hope is. But we're also told, uh, and this is the message that Jesus left with his disciples in the upper room uh, on the night he was betrayed, that uh, 
He's going to prepare a place for us that where he is, we might be also. And we're looking for that return. We, with his ascension into heaven, we were told this same Jesus shall come back in the light, in the same manner as you've seen him go. He's going to return so that the the advent that you know longing uh, that we have is really for the fulfillment of those promises when he comes and and we can behold him face to face and so there's this you know kind of in one sense focusing on the patience of the old testament saints looking forward to the coming of Christ but there's a we enter into that same spirit of patience waiting for Christ's return we don't know the day and the hour of that return just like they didn't know, you know, the prophets didn't know the time or the person uh, that um, the Holy Spirit was guiding them into writing about. Um, we don't know the day or the hour when he's going to return. We do know that according to the promise, he's coming. Though it's mentioned uh, yesterday as Peter instructing the early church there, I mean, there at the first century, people were wondering, okay, when is it going to come back? And uh, Peter reminds us that God is outside of time. First of all, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. But then also not to count his slowness as slowness, but rather God is being patient. And he's being patient for the purpose of bringing his people in as we all longingly look forward to. But then as the scripture ends, come Lord Jesus, come. Mm -hmm. And that is the longing and the cry that we have here. And we're told that the gospel will be proclaimed throughout the whole world, and then the end will come. You know, we don't know when that a particular event or when that has been fully realized, but we know that that's what we're waiting for. Yeah. Um, you know, we we talk about Advent being the first page on our church calendar, basically, um, but it's also pointing to that last page, the 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 that page that we don't get to celebrate yet. And so we, when we wrap our thoughts about how with Christ coming in, in a human flesh, coming incarnate, that breaking in of the kingdom of God more than 2,000 years ago, we look ahead to the return of Christ and the end of the story uh, when uh, he's going to bless his people with his presence forevermore. Hopefully we're not being contradictory here, but we just came out of Thanksgiving season and, and a time of year where we talk about gratitude, thankfulness, and built into that is this whole idea of contentment, being content with what God has given. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is an aspect where we as Christians should always be discontent. And what I mean by that is that we live in a time period between the already Jesus Christ has come and the not yet that he's coming again. Mm-hmm. And the longing of our heart is that we should always want more of God, more of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we won't get the fullness of that until we, until Jesus Christ comes again and takes his church to himself. So our experience of God now is always tainted with sin. Mm. Everything we know about God is tainted with sin. Everything that we think about and engage with God has some element of our sinful heart and mind interwoven in it. But there's coming a day when we come into the presence of God and we will behold him as he is, and we will behold him, more importantly, without sin, mm-hmm. to distort who he is. And Advent should create within us that holy discontentment, that holy longing for what we're missing, 
um, the day when we can behold God in all of his glory without sin, our sin, to damage that glory, to lessen that glory. So, And I think Advent creates that, at least for me, that mm-hmm. as we think about that he came, there also should always built be underneath, and he's coming again. And then what one of you just said, come Lord Jesus, come, that that mm-hmm. should be the longing of our heart. Yeah, I, I think of the Christmas carol lines like peace on earth, goodwill towards men, that classic Christmas seasons. Like, So when there is not peace on earth and there is not goodwill toward other others, uh, those are things that I live with discontent with, right? They, they're out of alignment with Christ's kingdom. And so that's a, that's an area, particularly at Christmas time, where we pay attention to how does my life and the world around me live out of alignment with God's kingdom and how can I intentionally with purposeful focus try to pursue living within the call of God's kingdom. There's a great Christmas carol. It came upon a, a midnight clear that that really wrestles with that whole idea that the message of the angels was peace on earth and goodwill to men, and that that's not the reality that we live. That brokenness of a, a sin filled world means that there isn't peace, there isn't goodwill, but there's coming a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's a masterful hymn that wrestles with the reality of what has been declared and the reality in which we live with the longing of what is to come. Well, I think that, you know, we're talking about um, our patient expectation, but I think that uh, what we don't realize is that in this Advent season, God is being patient with people. You know, the, the cry, how long, is a cry that's found in the Old Testament, too, when the Lord is saying, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? How long will you refuse to keep my commandments? How long will this people despise me? How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? How long will you go off putting off? How long, you know, and, and you know, even in, uh, I think it's First uh, Kings where Elijah is, is speaking and he's, and he says, "How long will you? How how long will you go limping between two different opinions?" Mm-hmm. You know, there's a the reason why Christ hasn't returned is his patience that people will come to repentance. Mm-hmm. And I, in that, there's a confidence not only in the discontentment we have and longing for Christ's return or seeing people turn to Christ is the confidence that we have in this season of looking at promises that God has already fulfilled. And that gives us a great assurance and confidence in looking forward to the promises that are yet to be completed. And uh, I think that's one of the things that we tend to overlook in this time, that uh, we're remembering a promise that God fulfilled. Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman has come and he's crushed the head of the serpent, though his heel was bruised, and he's promised to come again in glory and as the judge of all the earth. And we can look forward in hopeful expectation of that. I was part of a, a Bible study last year that we worked through all of the minor prophets. And it's just amazing how many promises are in the minor prophets about the coming Messiah, hmm. both his first coming and his second coming. And that doesn't even consider the whole host of promises that are in the major prophets. Mm-hmm. or in the book of Genesis, or that are symbolized in, mm-hmm. in all throughout the Old Testament, 
I do not know the number of promises that were fulfilled in the coming of Christ. I, I know that people have figured this out. I just don't know that number. Maybe some of you guys yeah. do. You're but, the mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> but you're talking about a whole host of, of promises that were fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And mathematically, that Jesus could fulfill every one of those, the, the mathematical odds of that are astronomical. But he did. And it, it just does, like Ryan said, just gives us confidence that God can be trusted. Mm-hmm. He's kept his word. He will continue to keep his word. And so hopefully Advent, the Advent season bolsters our confidence in the word of God and in the faithfulness of God. We get to trace God's faithfulness by, by looking at how he's, been, uh, you know, how he's fulfilled uh, those promises. You know, you can't begin reading the Gospel of Matthew, for instance, which over and over, he says, "This, this is to fulfill that which was spoken by the prophets." Mm-hmm. Um, there's that f- faithfulness there that we we continue to focus on, and then so that helps us look forward to uh, his coming as he's promised. Mm. Every promise is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Right. And what I often say to my congregation is, God will keep His word, or God has to cease being God. Mm-hmm. And God is not going to cease being God. And so you can depend upon what he has said because he has demonstrated time and time again that he is faithful and true. Mm-hmm. And he will accomplish the good things that he has spoken. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ coming in the fullness of time is just one example, the greatest example of God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. <laughs>